I know that Two Guns Arizona was supposed to be the first episode for this series, but due to recent events, I felt it best to do this bonus episode first. I promise I'm still hard at work on Two Guns, and I anticipate that it'll be released later this week. In the meantime, though, I hope you'll enjoy the story about a little Texas town with a big Texas history. The little town known as Gonzales. About an hour southeast of the city of San Antonio, Texas, lies the small town of Gonzales. At first glance, it's a small, sleepy town with friendly people. But under the surface, Gonzales has a rich history of defiance. The kind of defiance that legends are made of. Gonzales was settled in 1825 by American settler Green DeWitt when he was given permission from the Mexican government to settle 400 families near the confluence of the San Marcos and Guadalupe Rivers in what was then Mexican Texas. The DeWitt colony, as it was known, had no shortage of suffrage from the very beginning and quickly became a favorite raiding target for the local tribes of the region, and in July of 1826, the city was completely destroyed. After negotiating treaties with two of the three tribes, the town was rebuilt the following year. The Comanche tribe, however, wasn't having it and continued to raid the settlers off and on over the next few years. Now, Mexico at this time was having its own problems, and rather than sending military troops to help protect the town, they decided to send the settlers a six-pound cannon to protect themselves. It's important to note here that around this time is when tensions also started to build between the settlers of Gonzales and the Mexican government. The Mexican government in the 1830s was having an internal battle between federalist and centralist policies, and as the favor leaned more towards centralism, several Mexican states decided to revolt in the summer of 1835. To quell the rebellion, the federal government of Mexico deployed troops to Texas, which sharply divided the public opinion. Many communities supported the rebellion, and others, such as Gonzalez, actually declared their loyalty to Mexico. Local leaders decided to call for a consultation to see what the majority of the settlers favored, whether it be independence, federalism, or simply just to go with the status quo. And in August of 1835, they decided to send a delegation out for the consultation scheduled for October 15th. Now, many communities were worried that Mexico would see this as an act of aggression, so they formed militia companies to help protect themselves in the event of a military attack while the delegates were out. Tensions finally boiled over, and in September of 1835, a Mexican soldier ended up bludgeoning a Gonzales resident, which led to widespread outrage and public protest. Mexico, seeing it unwise at the time to leave the Texans with the cannon, dispatched troops to Gonzales to retrieve it. The first attempt to retrieve the cannon failed, and rather than demoralize the Texans, the cannon became a rallying point and a symbol of their defiance. On September 27, 1835, a hundred troops were once again dispatched from San Antonio to Gonzales. When they arrived at the banks of the Guadalupe River, they were greeted with the sight of 18 Texas militiamen, the old 18 as they are referred to now, waiting for them on the other side of the river. The old 18 had removed the ferry boats from the river, leaving the Mexican army stranded with no way to cross, forcing them to make camp on the riverbank. This game of cat and mouse went on for a few days until the early morning of October 2nd. 
The Texans snuck across the river in the middle of the night under the cover of thick fog over to the Mexican encampment, bringing with them every able-bodied person that was willing to fight and that six-pound cannon. Hoisted above the cannon was a white banner with an image of a cannon painted on it and the words, Come and take it. Their message of defiance was simple. They loaded the cannon with any metal scraps they could find and fired it upon the Mexican encampment. Convinced that they were outnumbered and outgunned, the troops started to retreat and were all gone before the Texans could even reload the cannon. May 25th, 2020. Outrage was sparked by the murder of 46-year-old George Floyd at the hands of the Minneapolis Police Department. The days and weeks that followed were nothing short of complete and utter chaos. Riots erupted in the streets along with protests. The murder of George Floyd was the final straw for many of the American people. Before long, the American people were at war with each other, and the streets of major cities erupted with violence and chaos as the people rebelled. City blocks were being burned to the ground, and many people were brutally murdered in the streets while trying to defend their stores. To top it off, the media and the government did nothing but stand by and fan the flames. Before long, you had armed groups of counter-protesters showing up in cities and towns across the country to counter the rebellion and protect the property. It was nothing short of the beginning of the next civil war, and it was all about to come to a head once again in that little town of Gonzales, Texas. June 19, 1865. Union troops landed on Texas shores in Galveston to enforce the Emancipation Proclamation bringing about the official end of slavery in Texas and the United States. Juneteenth, as it became to be known, is the oldest nationally celebrated commemoration of the ending of slavery, and on June 19, 2020, it was no different. Juneteenth celebrations were being announced all across the country, but one in particular caught the ears of both protesters and protractors alike. A celebration was planned in Gonzales that day, along with a march for the cause of Black Lives Matter. As the organizers were busy putting the celebration together, word came down that certain groups known for their violent acts were planning on participating in the event. Word got back to a group called This is Texas Freedom Force, a group that vows to protect all things Texas and its citizens. They, in turn, set up a counter-event called Come and Protect It, referring to the city of Gonzales, amidst fears that groups of violent protractors would come in and lay waste to the town. This garnered the attention of 300 armed men and women that vowed to come and protect the city. The field was set, and tensions were high on that hot summer day on the South Texas Plains. 300 armed men and women gathered for a briefing in the square, while the event organizers were briefing their own people as well. Texas state troopers lined the streets along with several sheriff's deputies and local police. The Texas National Guards had troops deployed on the rooftops along with several other agencies who supplied snipers. The ingredients had all the makings of a bad situation, something that both sides wanted to avoid at all costs. As tensions were rising throughout the afternoon, the leaders called their groups together for one final briefing. But instead of handing down defensive positions, the order was given to stand down. The words, both sides want peace, echoed through the air, followed by, let us pray together. 
It was at that moment that the armed members of Texas Freedom Force rested their weapons and joined the organizers of the Juneteenth celebration. Together as one, they began to pray. People of all different political views, religions, races, and backgrounds, all together as one. I was very proud to have witnessed this moment for myself. This event alone restored my faith in humanity. It proved to me that even though we have our differences, that we can get along as one. The spirit of Texas is strong in Gonzales, and in the same spot that the Texas Revolution was started at in 1835, I believe we started a new one that day. You see, at the Battle of Gonzales, Texans stood up in defiance for what they believed in in the face of oppression. 185 years later, they fought the same fight and were able to come together for one common cause. By the end of the day, the armed guards all rested their weapons and joined the marchers as they made their way through town. Side by side, they marched together through town. Not as blacks, not as whites, but as brothers and sisters. Oh, and the famous flag that read, Come and Take It? Well, in their own act of defiance, the organizers of the Juneteenth event made their own flag, exactly like the one that waved over that cannon 185 years prior. A white banner with a cannon in the middle, and the phrase simply put, Come together. Legends are often made in the face of adversity, and they're not always stories of the supernatural or the surreal. Sometimes legends are tangible and can be experienced. This has the making to be a legend if we make it one. But the only way that that's going to happen is by remembering what happened there in Gonzales on June 19th, 2020, and passing it along to our kids. We need to take what we did there that day and run with it, just like our predecessors did in 1835. We can make a difference. We can stand up to tyranny and oppression. And we can make this world a world worth living in. We appreciate you listening, and we do want to make a difference here at Backroad Legends. We've put up a come-together collection of merchandise on our Teespring page, and all the proceeds from anything that's bought out of this collection will be donated to charitable causes. What cause, you might ask? Well, I'm going to leave that to you, my listeners. See, I want to see where your hearts are at. And I want to give you all the opportunity to have ownership in this show as well. So check us out on our Facebook page at Mabel Productions BRL. That's M-A-B-L-E Productions BRL. And leave a comment or message us and tell us what charity you think we should donate to. Preferably, I would like it to go to a cause that will help future generations combat the problems that we're facing today. But I'll leave that up to you, the listener. Once again... I want to thank everybody for giving me this opportunity, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Later this week, the series continues with Two Guns Arizona, as promised. <laughs>